Hey, Gabriel Lake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? I am in San Francisco. Potentially. <laughs> I like that you actually have to give like the specific location so people know where to hunt you. So I just, I recently started a new job. So I'm meeting a lot of new people and they're like, oh, where do you live? And, I'm, and then I say, oh, I just moved to the Tenderloin. And without exception, you just see this. Uh-huh. Wow. You should see the Tenderloin. <laughs> We're not even close to the Tenderloin. <laughs> uh, I mean, I almost used, I know, my area was not built. It was not the Tenderloin. No. I mean, I would say Geary, like north of Geary is like the Tenderloin. Like your Domino's north. <laughs> okay. Okay. One of my best places in the city, Domino's, it was in the Tenderloin. Okay. That's fair. Uh, and yeah, I'm still in Chicago, enjoying life. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, today, what did we watch? So it's been two weeks since we've spoken because I we were both traveling. Um, yeah. This was my, yes, this was my pick. I picked uh, a movie called God's Creatures. Um, why did I pick it, you ask, Jose? <laughs> no, I don't have to ask it because it starts the theater. The, the first three programs already told me why did you pick it? Because it's an A24 film. I I mean, after everything, everywhere, all at once, I will watch anything A24 puts out. <laughs> there is no way that the quality would drop. Okay, so why did you pick it? I picked this because... Um, it was playing at the theater closest to my house and (laughs) (laughs) it has very good reviews and i adore emily watson and paul mescal um the paul mescal is the son emily watson and um and it's gratefully how do you say it's wonderfully short like right at 90 minutes right yeah 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 you say I appreciated that. There is like someone actually edited the script for just like landing exactly at that time. And before we talk about whether or not we liked the film, what we liked about it or didn't like, um, finally an editor understood the size of a story and how much time <laughs> we devote to it. That's fair. That's that's fair. It's like I don't think okay, we don't have to go like too much into detail. I understand like that part. Um so let me ask you something. Before you brought it up into the podcast as something that we should watch, uh, had you already seen it? Or you had yes. tickets? Oh, okay. No, no, no. I, I had seen it and I asked you, would you be willing to watch this? Because I'm curious to hear your thoughts. And you said, let's do it for the podcast. So. All right, that's fair. I feel uh, like I will why you asked that question. <laughs> I haven't said anything yet, dude. I haven't said anything yet. And before I say, let me just summarize a bit. Because it's yes. not like a, it's not really hard to summarize. I think that it's like just a three sentence kind of movie. Yeah. You know, it's a, a small village in the coast of Ireland uh, where a working family, I mean, the, the story follows like mostly the mother, that is uh, Emily Watson. And uh, she works in a fisherman, fish produce, Fabric where they actually like cats, they fill it, process the fish. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, suddenly, by surprise, her son comes back that has been working for a very long time in Australia. I don't know if they mentioned like how many years, but it's something that is like they were not expecting him to come back. It was a bit more of by surprise. I, if I recall correctly, and it's been three weeks that I've seen this, um, all the, the, the the time they specifically mention is that they hadn't heard from him in like three years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's clear that you know they're like a bit disconnected. The uh, the son looks to have like a good relationship with the mother, not so much with the sister, a bit more neutral with the sister, but negative with the father. That's the only thing that we get. After a couple of days living there, he starts like his own oyster fancy business. Uh, with oysters that the mother steals from the fabric. Basically. She basically steals to the fabric for that. Uh, Some days later, uh, one of the girls uh, 
that works with the mother and lives in the small village makes a police complain about being assaulted and they start investigating the son. The rest of the story is a bit more about like how the mother wants to believe that the son is innocent, but the son becomes or starts behaving more and more as an asshole. The only important thing I think you left out is that she lies to a court and to the police. Not yeah. about knowing whether or not the assault happened, but she said my he son was, was home that night and she knew he was not home that night. Yeah. That is a bit stupid because he was in the bar and they could have asked anyone else in the bar and they would have to have lied too. Yeah. So, yeah, let's say that... Should I go into the ending or not? Nobody's going to see this film. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, basically, they live with the grandpa too. There is a moment that uh, the mother feels some, uh, how do you say, like a, like kindness from the song because he's actually socializing with the grandpa that is senile already. Uh, but then when the grandpa dies, the song shows like a complete lack of, uh, of respect for the situation, like trying to hook up with a girl and just like being like all around a jerk. Uh, the fight, the father, sorry, the father tries to fight him, tries to get him, you know, like a straight. And uh, they start fighting. Uh, and then the mother opens her eyes to my son. He's probably a rapist and he's a fucking asshole. So he goes to just face her, face him uh, on where they have like the oysters plant in the river. Well, in the river, in the, in the ocean is basically at that point. And uh, we have a very hilarious scene, I have to say, where Emily Watson like, just like climbs back into the boat and then we see like a resolution in three seconds. That that's like the point that I feel is like someone edited the crap out of this script for just making like 90 minutes. Because then we see like how the river just takes him away and he dies. And the end. Yeah, I mean, she basically whether or not the editing was good, she <laughs> makes the decision to let her son die in the tides that are coming in, even though yep. she could have hit him with the boat. Yep. yep. And then I think she, uh, she ultimately apologizes to the girl because she was friends with the girl who got raped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was like the boss. She was like yeah. basically the boss and it looked like she had like a really good relationship with everyone, but because of she starts like just missing some shifts, she gets fired. The the rapey, yeah, 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 like young girl, yeah, yeah. Uh, but before leaving, she's like the only one that is saw the mother stealing the oysters, and she insinuates, she gives like, she drops the bomb of a, uh, well, you stole those fancy oysters for your song. No, well, it's a way more subtle. She she says something about, oh, did you wonder where those missing traps went? Oh and yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the boss is like, what? what? <laughs> but there is no resolution to that. It's another editing that is like, okay, what is this? Is he going to get fired too? Is what is going on? You know? And then I think that the closing scene is like the girl like just driving away. But the girl doesn't in have like real time. I actually just saw with my mother and I leaned over and I said, every indie film needs a scene where somebody drives in real time <laughs> or any tv show like six feet under shut up just say <laughs> you may you may be biased by that scene and solaris <laughs> that's true <laughs> but that's opening that's a mistake it's a closing a scene it's not an opening a scene uh honestly I don't think that there is anything wrong. I'm going to be like making fun of some stuff that I found hilarious on the movie, you know, unintentionally hilarious. But honestly, I don't think that there is anything inherently wrong or bad with this movie. But I don't think that there is anything memorable or special about this movie either. Are you done? Oh, no, no. I also feel. <laughs> I mean, I have like many, many other things, but if you want to actually stop me and just like interject, you know, tell me how wrong I am, please just do. So just knowing who I am, if a movie can kind of tug at my emotions, regardless of whether it was like an authentic tug of emotions or like I was manipulated, I typically walk away from that film 
thinking, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And I see this when I used to go to Sundance every year and review the films. I gave like everything through. I did, I rated on a four star scale and I gave everything between three and four stars. And then like six months later, it would come out and I would be like, I don't remember this. Barely above mediocre. (laughs) The thing is that this is a small, well crafted, small story. You know, it's. There is, from a production perspective, I think that the script is a bit weak, you know? It's like, I think that the editing didn't land completely. There are, like, parts that it could be, like, a bit more developed, you know? And I feel like, okay, the story is not bad, per se, but you don't develop enough where you are taking it. You tell me about, like, hey, in this small Irish village, is that this behavior is still accepted or you know it's still like the normal thing because when they actually talk about like what it happened it's a bit more it's like well it's the normal it's like what is the surprise here or what is this like wrong or anything you know people feel like a bit conflicted about like why is it this village hasn't gone like through the me too movement so it's still like a bit on the past so from that perspective i didn't feel like it was opening my eyes, I just felt that this movie could have been done like 20 years ago, and I think that it would have been mostly the same movie. So it's timeless. <laughs> That's timeless. No, I just think that it's a bit tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, so um, as I, like I mentioned before, I walked away from this film feeling like I saw an intimate portrait of a mother having to make a decision giving her son the benefit of the doubt and then having to make another horrible decision the right decision when she realized that her son is a rapist um but the more i thought about it for one the plot hole you mentioned drove me fucking insane were like nine witnesses that saw him and her together at that bar he was buying her whiskeys yep like it, it there's just no way a judge would throw out that case there was evidence Um, and then like neither one of us needs everything explained in a film ever but I feel like nothing was explained in this we don't know why the son left we they allude to a relationship between the rapist and the rapey when they were kids don't talk about that Uh, they don't talk about the history of the grandpa's oyster farm they don't talk about um, there's so many so like the final scene where the mom goes to talk to the rapey the girl and she's like you know my mom was so happy to leave me this house and i was like what you have a backstory like <laughs> it's, uh, it's not developed give us just a little bits more um that's my i was just left wanting more i think i think this was an incomplete story and the plot hole has really like shaken my ability to support this film i mean the thing is like uh, i agree with you that there is like more stuff that it was just cut off or cut off or they never really even thought about like putting it and it's true that there may be like some implicit stuff you know it's like if you know a bit more about ireland and about a fisherman village is that maybe you can infer like some aspects but if I compare it with uh, uh, what will burn, like the Galician one that we saw, that it also, do you remember? Fire will come. Yeah. That is a, there is like a story is like linear. There is not too much, too many like implicit things. Talk about it is like the characters explain about like what they are doing and why they are doing it. But if you have like the context of, you know, like how, a, clo- a small village in the middle of the mountains operates is that like you can extract like more in this case i just feel it's like maybe there are like some stuff that i don't know about like how important is like the business of the fishermen there and it can also like infer a bit about like their grandpa you know like having that oyster farm but other parts are like just plot holes they're a bit more about like a or you actually develop this character or you don't try to give it background but you cannot try to do both. The beauty of Fire Will Come is that it was slow and meditative, which God's Creatures was yeah. also. Um, but also we just saw authentic interactions between people and we had some understanding of some of those people and no understanding of other people, but we just saw things happen. In this film, 
there's just a million conflicts and they don't explain any of them and so it's like well you have to give us something like something why did he go to australia maybe just just that because i'm guessing he raped someone and ran away to australia and i assume that three years where he was not communicating he was in jail in australia for raping someone there think about that i thought he was just in australia raping people (laughs) (laughs) in a raping tour (laughs) i honestly don't know but you know the the worst part of this is that as you said it's like hey i would like to hear more i wouldn't i didn't care honestly is that i usually connect I'm like the kind of person, I mean, Galician people, we are like really close with our family. And it's I, I miss my family a lot, you know? And it's like, I can relate to this kind of a story. So it's like, hey, the song comes back and there is like this tension of it's like, hey, you cannot go back in time to what it used to be. But it's like everything felt like so designed for the conflict that I felt like everything else that happened around, it was never really developed. For those that don't know, Jose's family still is in Spain. Still, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I I totally understand, and it's not about me wanting more. It's just about with how little they gave us, it felt inauthentic to me. Inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe if they had given us more information and helped us. Yeah, and honestly, it's like I didn't think about like the part that you say about like the editing of the script. I don't know if this is like a situation where they had to edit down. You know that maybe 24 told him, he's like, look, the millennial audience didn't want anything over 90 minutes, that is a drama. So cut back. And maybe they trim like some stuff and they were not like too consistent about like trimming other for just not making it feel incomplete. I think I know the answer to this question, but you think A24 is catering to um, millennials or Gen Z at this point? I think that it's still millennials. I come on. Is I just think that Gen Z is like they're mostly communicating through TikTok. It's like 90 minutes is already like too long for them. Yeah, no, I can see that. I was thinking like the the wish fulfillment that everything everywhere all was, once was felt more Gen Z-ish, but yeah, it was. It is millennials. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you remember? I mean, it's true that for example, like the ordering everything everywhere all at like once. Is what? Like he's 25-ish or something. At uh, 25 is so that's millennial. Is still millennial? No, no. Millennials cut off at like. I don't know. I don't know where the cutoff is. But the I would argue that probably that daughter was Gen Z, but the people who wrote the film and oh, made the film is this is wish fulfillment saying hey i wish my parents had understood me in my early 20s yeah yeah <laughs> so they're like portraying they're like just projecting basically yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh i don't know i mean the thing is like this it felt like a bit too conventional for being a, an a24 film yeah and i'm a little bit disappointed i mean emily watson is fantastic oh yeah she's fantastic in everything the acting is is pretty good the acting is good it's not oh, the yeah. problem of the actors um, yeah even the daughter maybe she has a big career in ireland but i was like who who are you where did you come from you're amazing <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah no it, it, it you're right it's conventional and has some major flaws not that it's a bad movie i'm going to score it above a five but it's not Honestly, let me just tell you, it's like when I, I check like the, uh, the score when you told me about Creatures, I, you know, I look it up. And, uh, the score is a 91 in Rotten Tomatoes. And the thing is that it's the classical movie that is like, it makes total sense that it's a 91 in Rotten Tomatoes. But then when you actually check IMDb or any other score, it's, like, it's going to be like significantly lower. It's a bit more of a, it's okay. It's not bad. But it's nothing like too special. It's hard to actually feel opinionated against it. You know, it's not perfect, but I didn't feel like it damaged my brain. Do you have the. Oh, no, I can pull it up for right now. I want to read the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes. Painfully raw yet rewarding, God's Creatures explores the limits of a mother's love with an outstanding Emily Watson leading the way. 
point. So yes, Emily Watson was outstanding, and maybe if we were parents or mothers, we could understand this like want the desperate need to protect your kid, but then needing to be a good person. I don't know. I just feel like maybe I wasn't the audience for this. I honestly, I I don't think that you need to be a parent for a show like this, like relating to a story like this. You know. You can be a, a song. <laughs> it's like a, you can actually understand like the mother or sort of like the love of your parents. In this case, just think that the conflict doesn't happen until half of the movie, until 40, 45 minutes, and then it dominates the movie 100%. It's like a complete shift, a complete paradigm shift. Is that everything is a very slow pace until the police comes to talk with uh, with Emily Watson, and then everything is like, oh my God, doubt and everything. From the beginning, honestly, I think that when I opened it on a Prime Video, that is what I rented it, I think that it had like a tag of thriller, suspense. And the first 30 minutes, what? I was like, yeah, the first 30 minutes, like, what the fuck is going on here? There is no thriller or suspense. Even, you know that at the beginning, one of the kids dies, like the song of one of the fishermen, or the fisherwoman that they work in the factory. I That's thought that it's foreshadowing, say it. foreshadowing. Sure. <laughs> This for suffering, but what I thought when he came back by surprise and he has what he heard is like, hey, whatever the name is, Matthew. Matthew just died. Like, oh, cool. He said, he killed her. He killed her. Definitely he killed her. I, that's what I thought too. I was like, did he murder his friend? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was a bit more like, okay, this guy is a sociopath, at least, and as much as a serial killer. It's like, it's between. It's to be decided. But it's like, he's already evil. Yeah, and there's all those illusions, like, so at the wake of the kid who dies at the beginning, they talk about how certain Irish family, fishing families believe it's bad luck to learn to swim, and that's why the kid drowned. And and so I guess maybe there are all these illusions to cultural things we're not getting from Ireland, but if it can't, you know, get across a message in a satisfactory way without that, I'm going to make a reference to uh, one of the best shows, one of the best movies that we watched, that is Casablanca. One of the most hilarious things of Casablanca is when they actually talk about, like, you remember that time in Paris? And they saw the uh, the Ark of, uh, of Triumph, you know, and they play La Marseillaise on top of it for saying, it's like, you know where this took place you know it and on this is that they saw like first all the coast everything and it was like does this take place in ireland and then they the first thing that they say is that they name uh, emily watson is that she's working so like ellie ellie and it's like well that sounds like an irish name but it could still be anywhere you know and the next scene is actually just people dancing you know to irish folk <laughs> There is a, this so on my face that it's like, now if you actually say Ireland, I'm going to feel like this is so overexposition. Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. <sighs> the, the, I just feel it's like, look, I get it, probably you are from Ireland and you are proud of these things, but I think that it feels like pretty heavy-handed, you know? And for me, it felt like a very amateur movie. It's, like, it's clear that you don't have like a lot of experience doing this stuff. And to be fair, unless I'm wrong, there's two directors. One has no directing credits at all, and then I couldn't quite pull up another woman. There, it's both women, which I find interesting. I'm guessing there's some sort of um, autobiographical... Yeah, they made from their village or whatever. The other one has like a couple of random things, you know. They have like an episode oh, in the OA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. One first time, and then I would also call the, the what was it, the AO? Amateur. The OA. Yeah, it was like this show on Netflix. Like yeah. nope, nope, nope. No, that is no good. Uh, see, also has like a movie not rated, even so no one probably really watched, uh, called Defeats, that it went to Sundance, but everything goes to Sundance. No, <laughs> Everything goes to South by Southwest. Sundance has taste. <laughs> Remind me how long was the uh, the clapping ovation, the standing ovation that they did for 3,000 years of Longy? That was Cannes, not Sundance. Mm. Also, Sundance discovered Soderbergh, Tarantino, um, Fincher, so just oh, yeah. oh, up yeah. on Sundance. <laughs> okay, okay. It's clear that someone here used to go to Sundance and respects <laughs> it. Okay. Uh, 
Honestly, this this was a movie. I was like really tired when I watched it on Monday, but I just felt like it's not about like how I feel today. It's about like this is not a memorable movie. Yep, I agree, and that's why I appreciate the perspective of having seen it three weeks ago. Now I could. <laughs> I, I calm down. I wouldn't have asked you to watch it today <laughs> versus three weeks ago. <laughs> Honestly, I spent a while while I was wondering. Sorry, while I was watching it, wondering, is like, did, did he saw it before recommending it? Did he really? <laughs> like, I feel like confused about like, did, no, 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 no. Probably he actually heard about it. He likes Emily Watson. Emily Watson is great. Um, you know, probably it's like just like, hey, let's see. Maybe this is good. Maybe this is bad, as we do like from time to time. But you actually knew. I knew. I knew. Would you watch it again? I didn't have perspective. The perspective that only time can give me. <laughs> okay. Or the New York Times review. But yeah, and I didn't read the New York Times review uh, even to this day, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's a critic pick, or maybe not. Who knows? Uh, so let's go over the questions. Would you watch it again? No. <laughs> Ultimate no. So uh, my answer is also no. But let me just ask you, if you were sort of like a step into the room and your husband is watching it, would you say, say, I will come back later? I'd probably sit down next to him and pull up TikTok. I am okay. a millennial. Of course. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't watch it again. I cannot picture any situation where actually this movie would be playing around me. Yeah, not that's me. fair. I mean, no. it's, not, it's not, there's no guilty pleasure about it. It's too slow to... The story is too slow to not take in all 90 minutes to get anything out of it. Yeah. And uh, would you would you recommend it? Only to you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate me so much? Uh, no, I, but I... actually, I did recommend it to one person um, maybe a week ago. So I guess the answer is yes, but I it surprises me. I. Maybe I was just so confident that person would never see it that I was trying to say, I saw an Irish film. <laughs> oh, yeah, you told me, you told me. Um, I cannot picture any situation where I would recommend this. This is like the kind of movie that it has the potential for me to recommend to my parents. But I think that they would be poor. Hmm. And it's not because it's like a small and sorry, like a small, a slow and meditative. It's just a boring story. It's just a boring story. It's like, I just feel like I'm pretty sure that this has been done before and it has been done better in other cases. Do you think that you would remember it? I mean, as you said in the plot synopsis, it's like a three sentence description. There's not much to forget. The mom lies, kills her son. A rape happened. (laughs) So you will remember it. Yes, I will remember this film. I won't remember it. I I can... You can ask me, like, in two weeks, and I won't remember it. But we can just leave... You know, I'm not even saying, like, in six months in the future, and say, like, two weeks from now. (laughs) I had to say that I love... At the beginning of the movie, I don't know if it's the sister or the rap or the rapey. I think that it's the sister. The one that actually says a quote that includes ghost creatures in the sentence that I actually just made me roll my eyes, literally, like, okay. Did you ever watch okay. Family Guy? Yeah. There, there was that little clip where Peter's watching a film and they're like, oh, they said the name of the movie. They said the <laughs> name of the movie. <laughs> it's exactly that. I'm like, look, I get it. It's like, you just name it and you have to actually say why you name it. But it's like, this is, Another amateurish kind of thing, you know. It just made me feel it's like by this name, by God's creatures, I'm not going to remember. It actually reminded me of another movie, like the first movie that you and I went to watch to the cinema. That it was about like a a priest 
in a small Irish community. You remember this? I we had discussed about like this movie like three or four times. I the reason to... I have this face on is because the first movie we saw in the movie theaters together was I'm so excited, and you can't pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> but no, okay, but that was that was with someone else. I mean, I'm talking I'm talking about like the first time that protein. yeah, like it sounded like protein. Yeah, of course I remember it. It's, uh, it was Brendan Gleeson, right? I think so, yeah. Brendan Gleeson. I need to remember that like, this has been good. Uh, no, it's not the one since. Uh, it's Calvary. It was Calvary, 2014. Yeah, and he was a priest, right? Yep. Yep, yeah. in a small Irish community. And I remember liking this one. I don't remember like much of it, but it was a bit more of a, a touch of black comedy to it. Was it directed by the same guy who did in Bruges? I don't think so, but he also has like a new movie. Like, two people have very similar Irish names, and I always confuse them. No, 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 no. He's not the same director, but the funny thing is that the guy that did in Bruges, that it also works with uh, Brendan Gleeson, in other movies, I think. I mean, Brendan Gleeson was in Bruce, in, in Bruce's. He sure was. Yeah, and uh, he has a new movie, Martin McDonough has a new movie that it actually takes place in a small community where the main character, that is like this guy that is in all of his movies, that I don't remember right now. Uh, I actually saw the trailer for this last night in front of the new... Colin Farrell. Blanchett film Tar, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh shit, I've got to see that." When I saw yeah. the trailer, I, I when I saw the trailer, I also felt it's like, "Yeah, Blake is going to watch this." Sure am. Yeah, you know that I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, I like three billboards outside of Davis uh, Missouri. You have ruined um, Francis McDormand for me after that comment. <laughs> Dude, that was pretty good. That was, was like, pretty fucking good. It was super good. good, but now I can't unsee it. I wrote to, I texted Jose and I was like, hey, have you seen the new, um, the new Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy series on Netflix about Jeffrey Dahmer? And you're like, the one where uh, that the main actor is cosplaying as Francis McDormand? I was like, <laughs> no! <laughs> And you didn't see it, but it's like I even show it to uh, to my boyfriend, and he's not that familiar with uh, Francis McDormand. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, he looks like like the woman from uh, from Normal Land. He's like, yeah, there are other stuff that you can remember for prom, but you know, yeah, she won an Oscar for that. Um, so you said that you will remember this. I won't. Uh, but do you think that there is anything artistic about it? Um, I'm kind of scraping at the bottom of the barrel here, but certainly Emily Watson is a powerhouse. Uh, her performance, I think all of the acting is solid. Yeah. Beyond that, I don't, I wouldn't call out the direction, the photography, the writing, nothing. So just the performances, yes. I'm a bit torn too, because I like the photography quite a bit, but it's cheating. You know, because there is nothing like too special. Is there not even like the angles or, you know, like the kind of. Uh... If we would talk about other movies in the future, that the photography is like way better than this, like way more iconic. In this one, I just had the feeling that if someone, if someone shows me, so, sorry, like, showed me a snapshot of this movie, I would recognize that it's from it. But I would say that that's pretty. It has to be Ireland, and Ireland is pretty. So. So I think that it's like it's a bit cheating and Emily Watson does a good job, but the problem is that there is so much that you can do with a very mediocre screen. So I'm going to be like changing my answer, I'm going to go with no. I don't think that there's anything artistic about it. It's against the rules. <laughs> is it a timeless piece? Yes, as you said. If this had been made 20 years ago, it'd be the same film. 20 years in the future, it's going to be the same film. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like we, we can do better stories about these nowadays. I feel. Yeah, I feel like this particular timely or timeless piece is more about like, does this film matter at any point in time? And the answer is no, it will never matter. <laughs> 
that's a really good way of putting it. Uh, I'm going to go with Jess from the perspective that this story, like, what is like the uh, the value behind about like the love of a mother and just being willing to risk herself for a son that is an ungrateful bastard? Is like this is always going to be timeless. It can be done way better than this, but I mean, the topic is not bad per se. Uh, would you turn this into a TV show? Absolutely not. It would be like The Killing. Do you remember how boring The Killing was? Was that it the one with Gillian Anderson? No, it's about... I think it takes place in Seattle and it's about the girl gets murdered and it's just raining all the time and they, the plot never moves forward for like 10 episodes. Everybody loved it. It was based on a Danish series, I think. Oh well, with Joel Kinnaman. Oh well. Uh, I don't think that it was this, but it sounds terrible. When they I, actually... I was so bored, and they did a second season. It looks like they did even a third one. Oh dear. Yeah. Did you watch actually Fargo, the TV show? I still have not. No. You should, because it's like it's something that I thought that is like there is no way of adapting this into a TV show because or you don't make, nothing happens like for seven episodes out of eight, because it's basically like what the movie is, is that everything is like very slow, some stuff happens, but you could condense it even more if you want it. In the show, it's like just pretty well made, honestly, and that every season like changes the characters and everything. Some seasons are better than others, but it's like, what is this woman like? Kristen Stewart? The love of my life. Yeah, so she's on the third season, I think that it is, and it's really, really good. That's where she met her husband, Jesse Clemens. Correct, yeah. Uh, let me just... Uh, sorry, that I was like... I wonder if her wedding was anything like Melancholia. <laughs> <laughs> that she actually just ran away crying. Because she realized that the war so was going sad. to end. Yeah, I don't want your wedding gift. I I don't know. A part of me would want to rewatch that. I will watch Melancholia once a week, literally. It used to be like your phone wallpaper when I met you. What a pretentious dick I used to be, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm not imagining it. It used to be that. I don't remember, but I'm not saying it, it, it wasn't. That sounds like, you know, Blake. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably like the blocking screen would be Bjork. But the part is like probably that would still be today. <laughs> the ringtone was Bjork. The wallpaper okay. was Melancholy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And the lock screen was Tom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. No, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about like rewatching it again. But in any case, I digress. Uh, so let me just go back to the questions. I wouldn't turn this into a TV show. I'm surprised that you say no because earlier you were saying that it's like it left you wanting a bit more. I'm saying I would have been more invested if we had had any oh, sort of information about the myriad conflicts that were there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, that, that makes sense. Uh, do you think that this could have been a short? <laughs> yeah, this could have been like a four-minute short. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit surprised when you said at the beginning about like someone actually edited this and they realized that there was nothing else that you could extract out of this. Now, for me, it's like, yeah, they edited it for still keeping it as a movie, but they could have edited even more and just making it a short of 30 minutes. I probably didn't choose the words I wanted to represent my thoughts and just meant this could have easily been a three-hour film. A oh slow, meditative, hey, let's watch people farm oysters and really get to the bottom of this fishing village. And they didn't make us do that. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> At the end, we're going to have to be thankful. Yes, because... We're making it short. <laughs> uh, do you think that this movie could have been better? Yes. Get rid of that fucking plot hole. That's the dumbest plot hole I've <laughs> ever heard. And plot holes don't usually bother me. And that, that one was so gaping that I was like, what the hell? 
Uh, I think that they will have to review the whole script. Is that remake it from the beginning? Oh yeah, no, that was just the first step. Was getting rid of. <laughs> There's a lot of steps that need taken. Did you did you watch uh, Double Indemnity by Billy Wilder? It's a noir movie, and if you look it up online, it has like a huge plot hole. There is like a and I seen where a door to an apartment instead of opening inwards, it opened outwards. And what they were saying is like no one could design a house, you know, with the apartment door like going outwards. But this is on purpose for just making the scene feel in a specific way. Oh, interesting. And they say that this is a plot hole. That this is like completely suspension of disbelief for actually like just getting into the scene. People usually call it like one of the biggest plot holes of history, and they call it because they don't watch like these run of the mill kind of movies that they get forgotten like two months later. This is like pretty common that like, you don't expect the audience to question if something is realistic or not. You just they just expect you to take away it's like oh my god is the mother lying is that yeah but the police is not only going to be asking the mother they're going to be asking everyone that was in the bar they're going to go to the bartender and probably they have cameras too and he probably paid with a credit card or a debit card i mean yeah, yeah. There are so many things, and the thing is that they're going to be so everyone in the bar is also going to be lying about they didn't see the mother either. Because what they were no. saying, what they were saying is like they didn't leave the house. That is a double lie. Is that she lied about like, I never was in the bar and the boy was with me at home. I yeah, it really bothered me. Yeah, and it's it's just. It's, it's, it's mediocre. That part is like completely mediocre about like, look, you, you don't have experience doing this. And the problem is that you didn't have people reviewing the script for telling you, dude, this doesn't fly. You have to just remake this thing. But yeah, oh well. Uh, so, before the scoring, uh, I think that the last time you asked me about the, uh, the squid and the whale. Yeah, and you remembered a lot. I don't remember that beat. I don't think that Wait, I last time, Didn't last time you asked me about uh, the Matt Damon film? Cold that Water? was before. It was Still Water. Oh, yeah, that was like the previous one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know that I love this cinema in Chicago called The James Cisco. They had a mystery poster, Mr. Movie Poster sale the other day and uh, we bought like 10 posters couldn't know what we got you know but uh, when we started opening at home I, what I told my boyfriend is that look if they are terrible they would make for cool wrapping gifts but I was still like just hoping about like hey, you know maybe we'll get like I don't know like a Kubrick one or something like this you know like something cool out of the 10 posters that we got we got like one repeat of and yeah and there, there was one uh, about like this documentary that they did on Woodstock like some years ago, like nine years ago or so. And they did oh, one... Oh, so nine years ago, not the one from the 70s? Because that's the greatest documentary that was ever made. Woodstock, Three Days of Peace, Love and Music. Uh, that's from the 70s? Why well, didn't I hear about it until 10 years ago? Well, that's true. When it comes to the commentaries, I have no fucking idea. Okay, we got that one that it looks like it's pretty good. And uh, then we got one about a movie presented by Pedro Almodóvar that I never heard about, that it was called El Ángel, that it actually got like a certain regard in, uh, in Cannes, like years ago. But that made me talk with, uh, with my boyfriend about uh, some of the uh, Almodóvar movies and I wanted to ask you to define, to actually give me like a summary, like a brief summary about Valver. You've already asked me that, and the answer is I can't tell you. I forget that film every time I watch it. Oh my All god, I remember is that Penelope Cruz, her mom pretends to be dead. She hides under the bed at her sister's place, I think. Okay. And then the Penelope like sees the mom in the flesh and she's like, ah, a ghost. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm realizing that I asked you already about too many. We have only been doing this for a couple of months. 
It's because there's so many that we know the other person remembers. There's only a handful that we're pretty sure the other one forgot. Okay, tell me what AI was about. AI? Dude, I think that we... From the Sixth Sense was there. Correct. Will Smith. <laughs> no, Jude Law. Jude Law, Jude Law, Jude Law. Good, good, Jude Law was there. Wait, this is like, this is the, the universe where you can buy a robot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so these people bought a robot to replace their real dead son. And then when something goes wrong with the robot, they either fix it or throw it away. That's all I'm going to be able to give you. That's, I, I would say that that's like half of the movie. Okay. Because what happens is like the kid was not there. The kid was dying. He had like a terminal illness, but miraculously he, he recovers. Eight. Yeah. So they get rid of him, and Jula is like the king of the misfit. Uh, He's like a gigolo kind of thing. So when this guy, when the kid is abandoned, that applause to how that kid aged. I always say it every single time that we talk about him. Uh, but uh, I, after he goes into Wild Adventures, it turns a bit into Pinocchio, where he goes into this city that is like basically submerged for just trying to find like the fairy that it would turn him into a real boy. Mm, okay, this is ringing a bell, but I feel like I remembered enough. You remember enough, and I will tell you that is like this is like one of those podcast episodes that I'm afraid of people listening because we talk in a very negative light about a light about a Spielberg during this episode. I'm sorry. Have you seen the trailer for his new film? Oh yeah, every it was terrible. I just want to vomit. Like not every film has to be about how cool it is to make films, how magical it is when you're a kid to discover filmmaking. And it sounds like a bit autobiographical though. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that yeah, that trailer looks terrible. I saw it like and we saw it yesterday when we went to see Bros, and I felt is that this is something that I I, I want to forget. It's not that I'm going to forget. It's that I, I I want to not have seen this. For any Spielberg fans out there, Jurassic Park, Munich, great films. Yeah, I mean, a similar list is a good film. The Color Purple is a good film. I haven't seen The Color Purple. I turned off Schindler's List after an hour. I was like, this is so boring. <laughs> oh my god. How old were you? Uh, eight? No, seven. Uh, probably right between 17 and 18. 17 years? Okay. I'm surprised, dude. I mean, I think when I saw it the first time, it's like, this is cinema. You say so. <laughs> okay, so we score ghost creatures. Talking about cinema, so we score ghost creatures. Yes. So this was your pick. So I, after this conversation, I lowered it a bit. For me, it's going to be a five. Oh, mine was going to be a six point five, and then it went down to a six. I, okay. I still think this is better than the average film in cinemas right now. It's a little bit better. So above a five for me so we're not going to be like recording about bros we're not but both of these movies were released more or less at the same time yeah. what would you score bros probably a 6.5 <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that i was thinking about this too and it's that i could score bros higher than this and it's, it's not that either of them are a good movie but I have to be a bit biased towards like, hey, this is representation. I'm making like a mainstream gay rom-com. It's groundbreaking. Not good, but groundbreaking. I, it, uh, God's Creatures made me think about the conflict within that mother. Like there were things that I thought, like what emotions are they feeling? What decision would I make? How far would I go to protect? I only have a husband and a dog. I would throw the dog away. I protect the husband. Um, I didn't think anything about bros. It's like I turned my mind off and then left the theater slightly disappointed. It's like most grinder hookups. <laughs> <laughs> but then why would you score it higher? Because it was more entertaining. Ooh, 
don't no 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 i can't explain this these scores are just ridiculous they're not consistent let's not pretend <laughs> no no that's fine because it's like when i exit i watch on monday god's creatures and uh on tuesday i actually watch bros like back to back basically and i actually couldn't stop thinking about like i don't like this either do you know but it's a Overall, I think that I'm going to be like remembering this movie way more than I'm going to be like remembering Ghost Creatures. One of them is lofty and aspirational, that is Ghost Creatures, and the other one is a bit more self-aware of what it truly is, but at the same time is groundbreaking from the perspective of who is behind the movie. But let me ask you this. How much of Showgirls do you remember versus Celine Dion's Boating? And that's my point. Just because you remember it doesn't mean it's a better film. Actually, actually, if we go to that, we talk about Showgirls in the podcast. I give it a three. And to Celine Dion goes boring, I give it a three, too. <laughs> so for you, that French masterpiece is the same I don't think I don't think that anyone would define it as a masterpiece dude I don't think that anyone would define it as a masterpiece that was an adventure you know I think that it was interesting to watch it but I would definitely watch Showgirls tomorrow again I will Before. never watch Celine Dion's Boating ever again ever that, that was supposed to be like a 100 episode special that we scrap at the end that we're going to be like going boating okay if we make it to 250 i will watch it okay i'm going to add it to the list here 250 selling the youngest body okay uh anything else to say about ghost creatures nope i think we've probably spoken way longer than the film itself um no, I don't want to add anything else. Thank you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I rest my case. Uh, yeah, I think that we said everything that there is there to say about this. Um, and as this was your pick for the next one, I wanted us to explore a bit more about like what is good photography. I don't know how this like, popped in my mind a couple of weeks ago, but a movie that I was at the beginning of the pandemic and it hasn't left my brain, and it's not like a movie that I feel like is scattered to me. It's in the mood for love, and I would love to rewatch this, like with you, and just like discuss it. It came up. I can't remember why, but we were discussing Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, when we're talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, that's right. That's how yeah. This came up. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's let's just do this episode. Oh, okay. Next time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and to everyone out there listening to us, thank you so much for putting us putting up with us and our pretty random wanderings from time to time. Yeah, wash your hands.